Hello and welcome back to the Friends of Dorothy, Emmy, Oscar, and Tony, your channel for all things television, film, and theater. My name's Alex. And I'm Cole. And we are officially in raunchy comedy summer era. Era. <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood cinema summers are back. And yeah. we're so excited to be covering some incredible movies that are coming out this summer. Yes. Sorry for the very long hiatus. My work schedule has gotten completely insane, but we are back. We're back. Heavier than ever. With a with a with a more put together flow. We don't we imp we're implementing a lot of new things to this review. Hopefully they're gonna go with the you know continual basically on. this dude said we need to fucking organize our shit so my add is so bad sometimes when we talk too much i start thinking about like dinosaurs and how they died the ice age all that shit so well they didn't die by the ice age <laughs> but i meant it's so chaotic in my brain that i need to focus it so we're going to implement some things we're evolving it's new we're going to grow probably new things will be added later but as of right now if you're going to see some stuff in this that you haven't seen before yes. and we're going to try to keep it Yes, it's July, it's cancer season, my birthday's in like, in a week from in today. <laughs> All the good movies are coming out, so we're going to be doing a lot of movie coverage in the next few weeks. We have some great television. We've got television, Emmy nominations are on Tuesday, mm -hmm. so we'll be talking about those. We're probably going to New York this coming weekend, so we've got yeah. some more shows to do. So don't worry, if you've missed us, we've got plenty of content coming, so get ready. Yeah. Also, yes, pink for Barbie. Let's and go. We haven't seen your hair since... You haven't done um, it. I think the Tony reactions video it was done, but oh, okay, it oh, was yeah, pretty. But it was right. it was pretty faded out. So right, this right, is the right, pinkest right. it's been yeah. on the channel. So yeah. So first up today we have got no hard feelings, yes. which we saw with a couple friends two weeks ago. No, not even two weeks ago. No, just a, like a week, week and a few days ago, last Friday. Yeah. Um. So no hard feelings. Written and directed by Gene Stupnitsky, co-directed with John Phillips, and starring Jennifer Lawrence and Andrew Barth Feldman. Woo! So, let's give our, like, 15-second elevator pitch about this movie. No, yeah, the synopsis. Basically, um, it's about a character who relies on Uber driving for a living. Her lives, car in her, lives in her hometown. Yes, lives in her childhood home that her mother gave down to her. Tar car gets towed because she's not paying the property taxes on the house. A lot of rich, privileged people are moving into the area. She's a, a local, so she's not super happy about that. Yes. She's like, I'm an Uber driver. How the fuck am I going to pay my bills? Yep. Stumbles upon an ad that says, if you date our teenage son and rock his world before he goes date. to college, we'll give you our old ass Buick for free. You know what? I mean, to be honest, I was like, same. I would do anything. Thing to your it's a vibe it is your vibe a hustle's a hustle a hundred percent and it creates a pretty good story in this movie it does so let's talk a little bit about the casting and acting within this so when this concept this concept's been around for a while apparently and then when the trailer and kind of teaser first came out a few months ago everyone was so excited because it was finally like oh my god jennifer lawrence is finally comfortable enough in her career where she's like i'm going into my raunchy comedy era yeah and i'm gonna give everybody something to sit at and piss over laughing for yeah. two hours so jennifer lawrence in particular i'm a massive fan there was like that weird hate spell for a little bit that happened and it happens to a lot of like really great actresses i've noticed more women than men um like anne hathaway poor anne hathaway uh so she took a break from acting. Um, she actually went on a really cool, like, political um, education, like, tour. She went to high school. She talked to, she was talking to kids about how our government works. So she took that break, right? She felt like her face was everywhere, and she was like, I need it to, I need to slow down. I need to recenter. She got married. She had a baby. She's come back. I'm not going to say with a vengeance, because Hollywood was here. I, we were all waiting for her. Her talent is undeniable. Oh, incredibly, yeah, so yeah. So it's not like she has anything to prove. But you, she, she's coming back with, what's the word, like, taking chances. Yes. And this movie's a massive swing, and I think it's a massive hit. It is, totally. And it's, it's the return from, it's, this, is, this is the first summer sort of since COVID has happened that we've gotten a summer full of just, like, sit and don't think and laugh your ass off comedies. Yeah. Like, we're fully back at that. She decided to say, all right, it's my turn. 
and she's back at it. She's on yeah. Watch What Happens Live. She's on uh, Hot Ones. What do you mean? 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 And <laughs> this was just such a fun change of pace for her. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, she did make her return. We had Causeway last year, the Apple TV film with but, Brian Taylor Henry. Yeah, to, to, to like the press tours of her face being everywhere. Yeah. This is a return to that in some yeah. fashion. And it's like she sort of like dipped her toe back in. She got Causeway, which was just such a phenomenal movie. Such a good film, but like the complete opposite of what this yeah. could be. Um, and it was so much fun to just watch her fucking let loose. So let loose! Uh, <laughs> so she is, uh, so she's uh, like, we've seen her a lot of dramatic roles per se. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who 100% believes that if you're a comedic actor, really good, you can go into dramas and there's a long list of people Melissa McCarthy um Robin Williams that were able to bring that depth to watch people that are known for that dramatic role to come in the comedic sometimes it's definitely a big like you should stay I was fucking belly laughing she yeah. was so fucking fun. she understand she also understands the gap between millennial and Gen Z humor. Yeah, because totally. as a, a a younger millennial on the on the like the, the line of Gen Z and you being at the beginning of Gen Z, I could understand the humor of like them making fun of her when she's at the party. When yes, like, how old are you? Like she's like she's only thirty, but they're like making fun of her that it's like super old. Yeah, but at the same time, she's as also coming from a thirty year old. Yeah, boy. but also making fun of like the, the Gen Z people there that are all on their phones, but like not. She's like, do they have sex anymore? Right, like, yeah, yeah. Do they yeah. fuck anymore? Yeah. So it was a, gr- like, it it talked to each generation and made fun of millennials, made fun of Gen Z, and she, and she was the perfect person to do that. Yeah. That gap between. Yeah, and I think, too, her talent when it comes to drama lended well, because, like, something that's really hard, there, it, like, every, and it's probably going to come up in almost every movie we talk about this summer. In the comedies, there's a twist with drama, and then it leads to the happy ending sort of thing. And often, you know, whoever the lead is that they cast doesn't necessarily, like, have the chops to really dive into the dramatic, like, act yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. But man, when, A nuance to it. Yeah, and like, you know, in, you know, the beginning of the third act, so say, you know, she dove into the dramatic so well, just being the actress that she is where like it's so believable and like really did like tug on the heartstrings a little bit because she she's that bitch you know like it also made her humor even more funny right so like she played such a spectrum the spectrum yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like when something wrong she did happen you were it excuse the earthquake our (laughs) what are you doing our earthquake monster is here what was i saying we, we got to, we'll talk about, so let's wrap up with Jen. Yeah, Jen. Well, so, yeah, so going on the spectrum, you know, we have her releasing those, like, quiet tears that we know are real because she knows how to access them. Yes. Then we fully have her coming out of the ocean, <laughs> her tits and pussy out for the entire world to see. Fucking whooping ass. And, yeah, and it's the thing where she was so unafraid to be so committed that it was just so fucking hilarious there's yeah. a scene in the movie where her and andrew barth feldman's character are in the ocean naked these people come and try to be douchebags like oh take the clothes which is also like a very stereotype like in a movie right so people steal the clothes and usually people have to walk home yeah naked, and it just flipped it on its head like this character was like and we both said the way she come tr- she came like trampling out of the ocean Fucking like, boom, 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 boom. Like, didn't care that she, like, she didn't try to look Baywatch in it. No. Like, it was fully Shrek moment. Like, do you know I just realized to Shrek moment that I realized that, like, one of her original stories of how she got her start, she got a job at, I think it was Hollister, Abercrombie, one of those, like, really toxic, um, early aughts, you know, um, they were, they were all being photographed playing on the beach, playing football. So, like, play football, have fun. And she jokes about, like, she was really playing football. Like how the pictures, she said that pictures were ugly. Like her nostrils were flared, red in the face, and so that's a kind of full circle moment, right? Like yeah. they're like, you need to be prettier, but she took it. That's if you know, if you know that interview, that's a call out to that. That's really fucking cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah, but yeah, but um, let's talk about uh, Andrew Barth Feldman. 
Jimmy Award winner, Andrew Barth Feldman, co-winner with Renee Rapp. Love Renee It's always Rapp. a full circle. Love Renee Rapp. When he is... Was the perfect match for Jennifer in this movie. You know what I mean by yeah. that is like... I think Jennifer is probably one of the biggest definitions with like... Kate Blanchett and Meryl Streep that are scene stealers. And I tend to watch those actresses like... So specifically because they command power, but like with the humor with these, that and fucking pool ball scene where he got so scared from the. And it's funny because I was I was gonna say like she let him have his moments, but it wasn't that he took his moments because yeah. he had just so many incredible moments in the movie. Yeah, he's great. It was so exciting. Yeah, a Andrew Barth Feldman, obviously Jimmy Award winner, went into uh, as a replacement for uh, Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen. Um, known for the theater scene, but has been trickling into TV and film, and I hope this is just the beginning for him because he has such a like natural cadence that just makes him such a perfect type character in this type of role yeah. in the movie. You know, fully enjoyable. Like it going into it, I was like, "This is Jennifer Lawrence's movie." Leaving it, I was like, "It's both." It's their movie. movie, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's also funny because I ended up. We'll talk about it. So we'll talk about the so uh, other, yeah. So the rest of the cast, um, we got to talk about. So um, the parents, played by Laura Benanti and Matthew Broderick. Now, when I tell you, I saw the trailer, and I was most excited about them. Matthew Broderick, most of you bitches probably know who he is. Don't have to give an intro. Laura Benanti, a bit more for the theater gaze. She is a Tony Award winner, known for being, like, the scene-stealing bitch in everything that she does she on stage. She was so good. She was so good. And, like, she was in Meteor Shower with Amy Schumer, which is how she got on TV with Amy Schumer. She was in the revival She Loves Me. She won her Tony Award for Gypsy. She was in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, Into the Woods, Swing. Like, it's just endless. And, like, she is known... For, especially for, like, revivals, finding things that aren't funny, but somehow making them hilarious. Ooh, what she did in the movie. Yes, but I do think that both of them, given their caliber as actors, were severely underused. Yes. And we'll get into that when we go to the directing right. Yeah, yeah, But... Yeah. The Acting-wise, like, I, what I think about the most with, like, her when he was trying... She's an overprotective mother, like, wants to do everything for her baby boy um like the whole suitcase scene where she's panicking trying to help him and he's trying to like do it by himself and he looks like a fucking idiot like she was so it was she, you could tell she would thought of every little yeah she's meticulous like and, eye twitch genius and, about it yeah. yeah yeah um but they were on yeah but they did great they did yeah yeah they were perfect for it like yeah it was it it, it fit the niche that the writing had and they did everything they could with the roles yes agreed so, with that, let's go into writing. Mm -hmm. So, I had high hopes about this in, like, the first third slash first half of it. Mm -hmm. um, just because it was so much, like, nonstop laughs and everything. And then, I will say I got, like, a little bit lost going into the second half. Just because it got a little confusing about... It became clear what the twist was going to be. Like, it's, it was obvious, like, the kid's going to find out that his parents hired somebody to date him. And then... The love's not real. But and then and then the ending resolution was kind of, like, strange because they set up the whole movie that, you know, they live in this smaller town that gets gentrified every summer by all these rich vacation house bitches and... Oh, yeah, Keaton Woods becoming a, like... Hamptons, a rich... Yeah, and she, her and, like, the other locals are like, let us, like, live our life here. Pushing and us then out. it ends up with her leaving. Leaving. Which, like... So, that is my biggest gripe about this movie. There's a specific scene where he knows, she now knows he knows, and they challenge each other about their social statuses in the world, right? He's a rich boy that has everything paid for. He has a safety net. He has options. She, or, you know, her, she doesn't know her father, her mother's past, she only has this house, she comes, she's super poor. And there's that moment where they challenge each other with it, but nothing happens. Yeah. When I thought writing-wise, it was a great moment to really set aside the magnitude of those moments. What I mean by that is, 
we'll talk about the obvious one, being poor is clearly a massive disadvantage in America, right? Like, it was a great moment to slip in a super, like, great point of view that we all feel about the 1%, right? Like, you have no problems. Like, I understand this, that, and the other, but I'm struggling to live. Yeah. I need a house. You know, my mother's from here. This is my home. I love this place. And that needed to be said, right? To challenge his, because he was mad at her, to challenge, make him understand why she did it. Right. And then the flip side, and this is something that's going to be a hard pill for people to hear. Well, because the whole thing, too, was she left to go surf, but then only made it to, she said she only made it a certain distance and came back because her mom got sick. Yeah. So, like, it's those moments, so then on the flip side, and this is going to be hard for people to hear that, like, even though a lot of his, like, material problems are, are fixed, like, you, his bills will always be paid, he'll always have a car, he'll always have a safe place, he was struggling with, you know, being alone, being the odd person, he struggled probably with depression and all that, so that needed to be just as valid as her struggle, mm -hmm. and it was a writing moment they could have used, I'm not saying that could have fixed everything, but it could have fully neutralized both of them, because it tried to shift and make her the villain, but as somebody who's poor, I was like, fuck him, like, it didn't make me root for him after that point. Right. You know what I mean? I thought that was a, that was a, that was a loss on the, on the writing. Yeah, there were, like, a lot of good ideas that they introduced, but didn't see to fruition, like, the whole thing with her dad, like, the whole, like, my dad had a whole separate family and I wrote him this letter, but then it came back like returned unopened and she pulls it out of the drawer at one point, but there's like no payoff. It, it, it ends yeah. there. And like, it doesn't even need to pay, be a payoff. Like, but I need there's to, just no, there's no more depth to it. I, like, I need to hear the character make the decision of like, I don't, I don't need this. Right. Like, da, 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 da. I don't think, if they did give it to us, I didn't, it wasn't. No, yeah, moment, yeah. yeah. And another writing flaw in my opinion was that I'm irritated. She left. Yeah. And what I mean by that is it's such a stereotype of, like, this this town's too small. I need to go dream big. And, like, it's a great valid choice. Look at Alex. Alex did it, and he loves it. But, like, people love their homes. And, like, it's okay to be like, I want to live here. Right. I want to live here. I want to live a block away from my childhood best friend next door to my aunt. I want to live in this small town where I can only go to... The three shops and it'd be like that form of happiness is just as valid as like traveling the world and going to california so right they fell into uh, uh what is that a cliche that i was like you could we could have changed that and it's like with the way it leaves off does that make sense yes and because like we have no idea what's gonna happen to her and unless you do a sequel it's so much riskier because it's and then maybe that's what they wanted to be like well she leaves what happens well we're not gonna tell you in this movie yeah. But it's like, you know, they could have maybe set it up for her to find some sort of, like, substantiality within the town and create something to, like, fulfill herself while still being there. Yeah. So it was interesting that, like, they set up this whole thing where she's, like, proud of where she's from and hates sort of, like, the gentrification of it. But then it's like, well, oh, fuck it, I'm going to leave, you know? Yeah. And then, but, but now on the flip side, that's our, my gripes with the writing is that some of those humors, those jokes were, like, so well-written, intelligent, so funny. A lot of the, circum like, circumstances, the situations the characters were in were, like, uh, top-notch. Yeah. Like, the whole dinner scene with that girl from high school. and So funny. So, like, so, the writing was there. I, I, the writings fell into cliches where I thought, where I think just as moviegoers or just a society we can kind of evolve and yeah. from and they miss the opportunity that's it it yeah. wasn't bad writing it just missed the opportunity no yeah because we look at gene and his credits include writing bad teacher mm. he wrote and directed good boys he was a writer and director for the office and he co-created jury duty like he's got oh my god this yeah. show jury yep. great so like he's got thing. he's got great comedy chops it just i don't know if he and john Co co-writing together necessarily like holistically created like the best story but like you said a lot of those comedic moments like the slices that you can cut out that were so Five fucking stars. funny yeah. and brilliant yeah yeah okay and then um uh, so yeah so writing was 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 it was great mm -hmm. but it, it there, there was 
Looting too many loose ends. Yes, yeah, yeah. So the director. Same guy, Gene. Um, I, I think the directing was more solid than the writing, which is just interesting to say, considering it was the same, same person for yeah. the most part. Um, I think he knew how to utilize the strengths of Jennifer and Andrew Agreed. very well. Yeah. The fact that they gave Andrew an entire scene to play the piano and sing, brilliant. If you if you know the talents there, let them use it somehow, and they did very well, and it worked yeah. pretty well. Um, and just like the insanity that he was able to pull out of both of them, yeah, you know, you could tell that the actors were so game for everything, yeah, which it was a testament to him as a director. Totally, yeah, yeah. Like like I said, Jennifer storming out of that water is a testament to the atmosphere they created on that set. Yeah, a hundred percent. And even the sex scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. The two sex scenes. One of them was almost a sex scene. I don't want to give too much away, of course. No, but, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was... I, it felt like a full trust exercise, and it, it it paid off for a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, like, we're talking about curb appeal. So, mm -hmm. what is the appeal to the audience, in our opinion? What do you need to know as an audience member going into this movie? Um, I wish like this is the this is the type of movie I would have loved to see the summer before I left for college. Love it, yeah, totally so, that vibe. It's definitely the push. Well, I think it's that perfect blend, right? So it's the college crowd go see this movie. You're gonna be made fun of, and then you're gonna be able to laugh and make fun of somebody. Yeah, but also the like thirties, like your late twenties, early thirty year olds go see this movie too because. The power Jennifer has and her character has is something that is relatable. Yeah. So it is very that. So yeah. So it's like it's it's for is for everybody. Of course, it's rated R. So yeah, very rated R. Hey, I would let I let my family see some. TV, yeah, so. I was watching rated R movies. I saw the Dukes of Hazard film for the first time when I was like eight years old. But it's universal. <laughs> it's universal appeal. Humor's funny. Yeah. It doesn't go too far either. I would say. No. What I mean by too far is like, I love all in any media. There's some things I'm watching, I'm like, mm, that's a little shock value. You're yeah. trying to do something here. But did, none of there was nothing that I was like, this is out of place. So. Yeah, totally. Okay, so. Awards. So awards. So this is something else we're going to implement. So we're going to give it an award and we're going to make it up on the spot. We're also talking about just award season general. Like, especially this guy's awards driven. He makes it his whole personality um, in a great way. Uh, right? In a great way? Yes, in a great I way. Promise? Yes, okay. I promise. Um, you make it a science. Like, you really break it down. So, we'll talk about just awards in general. So, like, I'm not going to get any, like... I see <laughs> I see Jennifer Lawrence maybe getting a Best Actress in a Comedy Golden Globe nomination. Golden Globe. Yeah, I was thinking Golden Globe. 100%. Like, Very, and um, that's it. Maybe, like, Best Comedy... But I think with the, how the rest of the year is shaping up, I think it's it's like Jennifer Lawrence getting actress in a comedy and like that's Golden probably Globe. it. Yeah, and it's fifty percent the movie, fifty percent just Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so the award we're gonna give it. What are we gonna give? We're gonna give it the best <laughs> best beatdown, like best TV yeah. beatdown. That scene she is... threw sand in their eyes. Uh, so Beck goes right into the table flip moment right yeah that was my favorite moment and here's why it was something that remember i talked about the writing cliches it was something that wasn't a cliche how many times no. have you watched a movie where people they're were like, like oh no we're stuck in the oh, water now they gotta walk home naked she said no fuck this like, in that moment i was like i would kill i would literally kill somebody yeah. and like there's the scene where the three of them they have the clothes are talking you just you see her Coming home, like fucking, get ready out to go. Home. Yeah, like so fun. It was my favorite mo moment of the movie, and agreed. and just for like the the fucking um power and like what's the word Com commitment that Jennifer had was <laughs> Chef's kiss. The the uh, just go watch it for that. Go, scene. yeah, definitely yeah. go see it. What was your table flip moment? Um, I think the whole like prom night dinner scene. Great dinner, yeah. Um, and then Andrew's character getting like belligerently fucked up at On, that party. What did he drink? What did he drink? What did he drink? 
Oh, yeah. Just drank a fucking bottle. Vermouth. Vermouth. Drank a whole bottle of vermouth in the limo. And then just, yeah. Um, Yeah, because, like, that whole, like, arc was great. Like, with them at the dinner and then, like, him doing his piano moment and then, like, that little bitch from the high school being like, "Mm, you're old. And then... Like the limo and the party, yeah, yeah. Party. That whole that whole like section and, was so great. Yeah, so and then he, um, he goes to punch that because then they're at this party and then the and then this is the whole Gen Z thing. The parents are there and they're like, yeah, we know this party's mm-hmm. happening. You don't let your kids drink at home, like, and <laughs> it's the whole. It was such a mind fuck like what? difference because it's so different from like the 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 cliches. party comedies we watched in our well, youth. That's what I mean. They played against so many cliches, but they fell into like, yeah, such a big one. And then him actually punching Jennifer Lawrence in the face, which she then said they had to do a retake of <laughs> that whole scene. Oh, yeah, they were like, it was a breakaway shelf. She's like, we only had one shot. And I was like, well, actually, we twice. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. my my moment. All right, so then we're going to get, at the end of every, like, performance, so uh, stage show, TV show, movie, we're going to give a percentage. Percentage is based on our opinion. It is based on the catalogs of things we've seen, and we've seen different things. Um, where we would place it on just, like, a grade scale. So zero to 100, we'll, one, two, three, we'll say it, and we'll defend it or support it f- for the end of the video. Okay. Okay? Yeah. You got your number? Yep. Close your eyes. Three... Two, one. 81. 83. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be the same for a second. Oh, yeah, me too. 81, 83. So very similar. So yeah. it's in that low B. Yes. For some, so for me, pushed it out of high B was the writing cliche. I think like it was it, it was just so screaming in my mind. Yeah. And I do think it, it, it lost me for too long. It got me back, but it lost me for too long. Yes, agreed. And I think that was writing-based only. Yep. Acting's there, directing's there, but it was the, yeah. Yeah, for me, just the writing, too. Like, it was a situation where, like, I set up such high hopes, which maybe was my fault, that, like, I was a little let down by what the overall product was. Yeah. Just because the trailer looked so incredible. And, like, so, like, yeah, like, I wanted more. I wanted more from the parents. I wanted them to have, like, one... Just one scene. It can be three minutes to just showcase them as comedic artists. Yeah. Like, and a better ending and, like, yeah, breaking out of the cliches Bigger a little payoff. bit. So, yeah, yeah. One thing, and, th- and this is a general, like, um, public service announcement. I'll give it to you, too. I recently stopped, and that mainly because of Marvel movies, which I love, I stopped watching trailers. I now almost right. avoid them exclusively for so many reasons. One... They're either trying to disillusion you, which is like you're selling me something fake, or they show you a lot of the great parts, especially comedies, you show you a lot of the funny parts, yep. and you lose that magic of that moment. I know it's in the trailer, because I saw it on TikTok, unfortunately, where she gets punched. If I didn't know that happened, it would have been such a surprise, right. and I would have screamed. Stop watching trailers. If you're a moviegoer, if you know you're going to watch it, if you need to be convinced, then watch the trailer, but... We gotta stop watching trailers if we need. Yeah, no, no. I'm avoiding the Wicked trailer. Just I'm putting that out there. I will not. I will not watch I it. I will not be avoiding the Wicked trailer. I'll, I'll look at screenshots, <laughs> but I will not watch it. All right, so that's our uh, that's our chat about no hard feelings. Yeah. And next up, we are gonna talk about Joyride, but we're gonna take a quick little pee break because I'm 30 and need to stand up because my knees hurt. And I have a toddler's bladder and I gotta piss. Yeah. And go. Bye. Lemonade and vodka do not mix. At all. Oh. <laughs> stop. Yeah, like that was like full throw up in the mouth. <laughs> and with that, we're back. Yeah. And our second movie that we're talking about in this review is Joyride. Can you see it? I think they can see it enough, hopefully. We gotta figure out the whole thing, because I know the ring light is, like, a constant issue. But we'll figure it out. So, Joyride. This is fresh in our minds, because we just saw it on Friday night. And we are super excited to talk about it, because, personally for me, it is my favorite new comedy of the century, by far. It's so up there, it's not even fucking funny. Like, not even the cent... Like, the best comedy I've seen... Oh, yeah, Century's 100 Years. In the in the odds in, in the, the odds, odds. <laughs> but like possibly ever like it was brilliant. Yeah. So, 
Joyride, uh, directed by Adele Lim and screenplay written by Cherry Cheva and Teresa Shao. Starring Ashley Park, mm. Sherry Cola, mm. Sabrina Wu, mm. and Stephanie Hsu. Mm. When I tell you this trailer came out, and of course, as a theater girly, I went in to support Stephanie and Ashley, but I left a massive fan also of Sherry Cola and Sabrina Wu. Both of I was a little familiar with Sherry because she was in um, Good Trouble, the spinoff of The Fosters, on on um, Freeform, the TV show. Remember The Fosters on ABC Family? Okay, so unfortunately, this is where our generation ends. <laughs> I watched Pretty Little Liars until they got real transphobic, and then I stopped. <laughs> but then I did watch Freeform. But Freeform had phenomenal shows. Good Trouble, so The Fosters was the lesbian... Couple. Couple mm -hmm. that had kids. Okay. Yes, the foster kids. Yeah, and yeah. then that she had an aggressive bob, right? On Good Trouble? Who? With one of the girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Callie. Okay, familiar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then the spinoff oh, was Callie. Which one? No. No, no, no. Callie was the, oh. was the I forget the actress's name. Um, we know which one then was on that. Oh, um, Sherry Cola. She was one of the friends on Good Trouble. Sign that bitch up for SNL, like ASAP. Um, ooh. I would love all four of them to host SNL. Oh, honestly. my God. That would be fucking epic. Anyway, yeah, let's, right. let's get into this fucking movie. So, synopsis. Brief elevator pitch synopsis. Um, Ashley Park's character and Sherry Cola's character. Best friends. Best friends for life. Ashley because Park's only... character was adopted by a white family. Sherry Cola comes from a more traditional um, Chinese, Chinese family. They're in the same... What's the town called? White White Plainsville or something? It's something white. White White Hills, something, something like that. White. Yeah. And literally, the first like scenes are them as kids at the park, um, and their parents are like, "Oh my god, our like the one parent's family is like, can our daughter play with yours?" And like, why? Because she's Asian. She's like, no, but she doesn't have any friends. Like, can so it it, it spear it, in that in in that 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 uh, societal pressure to people. Of the same um, experience become yeah. form like a dope ass friendship, and it sets up like the brilliance of the writing because like it addresses the thing but like debunks the thing at the same time. Hundred percent, you know, knocking that kid out. And yeah, so yeah. the whole premise is they're best friends for life. Then it fast forwards like 20, 25 years, whatever. One of them's a really successful. Yeah, Ashley Park's character is a very successful lawyer. Sherry Cola's character, an is amazing a, artist, an incredible artist that does. <laughs> And Ashley Park's character is up for partner at her law firm, gets sent to close out this business deal in China, is bringing Because shares. she's the only Asian one in Which the Which they keep reinforcing isn't the reason. <laughs> but I know they're like, it's not the reason. But, <laughs> and she's bringing Sherry Cola's character along to be her translator because Ashley Park's character, having grown up in a white household, does not know much Chinese except for the Duolingo that she studied up on. <laughs> And then I need to see this movie again because yeah, it's sorry, it's, a, it's a smart. And then with this trip, um, we have Ashley Park's best friends with Stephanie Hsu's character from college, who now is a famous actress in China. And then Sabrina Wu is cousins are very good friends with Sherry Cola's character, and she and they're tagging along. Wait. I I okay, I'm awful with names, so you just can so I know, and I'm bad with character Dead names. Eye. Dead Eye. Dead Eye, thank you. Yeah, Dead yeah. Eye, bitch. So, yeah, it's probably the easiest character name out of all. Dead Eye um, is, is cousins with... Sherry Cola's character. Sherry Cola's character, yeah. Or and, best friends, but I think they're cousins. Because cause Dead Eye was going to go meet internet friends, so shout out to our internet Yeah, they, so, yeah like, they are viral sensation besties with all these... Oh, and obsessed with K-pop, which becomes very important. Oh, fuck, I need to see this movie again. Um, okay. So it becomes just like a... Full on like debauchery trip throughout Asia to all, get uh, many parts of Asia. Well, and on this trip, I just realized that this movie also it had that goal right for her to get there and like save her job, but then it turned into adoptive parent finding adoptive parents finding who you are. And that's culture based. That's what we're going to talk about. The writing is just how brilliantly they've tied in so many different Let's things to all the acting, this. Though. The acting. Okay, you have so many opinions. <sighs> I do. And he's going to be so passionate only because, like, especially, like, Stephanie and Ashley are so close yes. to your heart. Yes. Prior to this, I saw... So, Girls 5 Eva, 
we're big fans of. Yeah. Ashley is on that show for she's dead. Because she's one yeah, she's one who died. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. Um and I and I don't know when I saw this, I'm gonna this is my spiritual side. I saw it and I was like, Ashley is climbing the ladder. Stephanie's climbing. she's an Academy Award nominee. Yeah, yeah. Ashley's only murders. She's she's doing a movie with Josh Gad and, and, and what's the name from White Lotus? Beautiful Blue Eyes. Alexandra Daddario. Yes. Okay. So like she is doing shit. So, and then I told you that probably her big screen moment was getting cast in Emily in Paris, mm-hmm. and then all the press that came with that because she was doing shit all over the world for that, and then I think really took off from Emily in Paris. So then going in. So also every everything everywhere all at once is probably now a staple with our household. It's a beautiful movie it's so phenomenal so stephanie's already like i will see stephanie could stand on stage for three hours and i'd be like it's great yeah so we went in with those two ideas right ashley on the rise stephanie is rocking the game when i tell you and i'm bad with names the other these four together and they're going to be compared and unfortunately we live in a society where they're compared they're going to be compared with girls trip bridesmaids every other female like raunchy comedy I've never seen more character-driven, seamless comedy, smart decisions, volley, like improv play between them. I was so happy. So let's break it down person by person because I think that's just going to be an easier way. Yeah, totally. I can talk 40 minutes about all four of them. Totally. So let's talk about, we'll talk about Ashley first. Yes. She's the, I would say the, the lead. The ingenue the, ooh, of the spell film. Spell that. Ingenue. Um, well, up O-N-G-U. until like two years, it's... I-N-G-E-N-U-I-N-E. Because having read it in school and up until a couple of years ago, I thought it was pronounced ingenuine. I'm going to spell it O-N-G. <laughs> Ingenue. Ingenue. Uh- <laughs> Your typical, like, female lead who gets the least amount, typically least amount of, like, side character type tropes. To make them interesting, so it makes it the hardest fucking role okay. in the piece, typically. Alright, so, plot twist. At, he is a full-fledged stage actor. I, acting in my past, but comedy was my shit. Improv is my shit. I love any and all things to do with humor. And I say this all the time on stage, too. Straight actors, what I mean by that, not like, ew, straight. No, I'm just kidding. Like, not gay straight, but like straight actors. People that, the, the humor characters play off of don't get enough recognition and like don't get enough like uh mm, uh, screen time or or or, or in the spotlight ashley was 50 50 she set Mm -hmm. up so many jokes from the for the other three but also hit jokes out of the park that made me want to piss myself yep was so funny um so genuine like the character was can I just say I'm here for, like, stage actors going to movies? Because stage yes. acting takes so much more. And yes. They're all a different act, but takes so much more But to see that transition. Is. Yes. And here's the thing with Ashley Park, you know, and I, I, I said this too. They could not have found a better person to do this type of role. Because that, like, ingenue role in a comedy like this is so dangerous. Because if you don't have the chops, yeah. you are going to fall into the background. I'm going to fucking say it. That's what I mean. Jada Pinkett Smith in Girls Trip. No, no one remembers or that. gives a shit she about was. what she did in that fucking yeah, movie. No, true. Because she got swallowed up by Regina Hall, Tiffany Haddish, and Queen Latifah in that fucking movie. Because she... Sorry, doesn't have the chops to stand on her own. And, like, I could name so many other films where that happens, where when you're in that ingenue pigeonhole... Yeah. And it can be... it can And, like, not it's to used- say... It's, it's not just the actress. It can be the writing, directing. But if you as a performer can bring something special to it, you can make yourself stand out. And Ashley really, really Ooh. did that in this fucking movie. Because... She had moments of being fucking hilarious. So funny. And we see that in... Well, we see her spectrum in stage because she was in The King and I playing a super dramatic role. She has the most gorgeous voice. Then she went on to originate Gretchen Wieners in the Mean Girls musical. Yeah. Which is fucking hilarious. And... So... And then, 
you know, she, it was like, she's eight, she, she carries the capability to balance out the entire scale of what that type of role can be, but well, isn't always executed. So can I say this? Jennifer, so no hard feelings, and Ashley did the same thing. They gave oh, depth. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave depth that yeah. made me, I, I, I teared up during Joyride during the, I'm not going to give it away, during a pivotal moment of her character yep. discovering herself. But like, also was like hurled over. I was laughing so that Master Splinter, he's a good father. I was dying. Like, mainly because there's a whole thing about like people being attracted to cartoon characters. Yeah, what I yeah. meant by that was like they did the same thing. Yeah. And what I mean by that, Ashley's on the rise. I'm gonna say it now. In the next and I'm gonna I'm gonna say ten years, just because Hollywood's fucking garbage sometimes. Yeah, totally. She will be getting an Academy Award. Yeah. Here. We're saying it here. We're saying it in 10 years. 10 years. Ten Ashley years. Park. Not because, no, hold on, not because she doesn't deserve it, just because I mean like Hollywood's. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, totally. And like, yeah, dude, like they, right, so. they, they could not have picked anyone more perfect yeah. to play that part. Perfect balance. Like was quiet enough to let everybody else shine, but like had her fucking moments and took them. Yeah. All right. So now. We'll Sherry Cola, Sherry Cola. we'll go into. Okay, okay, so my favorite person, only because her acting style is like... It's the act, it's, the whole movie. So, so, <laughs> there is a scene where they talk about somebody's vagina tattoo, and she can't stop talking about it. And there's a moment... I looked at him and I said, this is you. She goes... I'm not going to stop talking about it. <laughs> it is a three... It is like a three-minute scene... About somebody's vagina tattoo, <laughs> and Sherry Cola's character throughout the editing just keeps talking about fly? this tattoo. And What's before before the punchline, I looked at him and I said, "This is how you talk, by the way." <laughs> Where like nobody else is interested in the conversation anymore, but you will keep it going. What's up with and then vagina in the, tattoo? In the yeah. final bit of it, she goes, "I'm going to keep talking about this." By the I'm way, go. <laughs> I was like, "This is so yeah. fucking you." So the delivery with Sherry was like unstoppable it was i need to see more of her that's yeah. what i felt so yeah. like those choices that whole scene clearly i'm not might not be improv i don't want to say it was i don't know but it felt very improv and it felt so fucking smart like i felt like when sherry which was, part um when she's talking about the vagina oh, okay okay because it was like yeah, yeah take after take when i tell you when sherry was in a scene and all for all of them, but like Sherry in particular, I feel like she understood her character. She know how she knew how to grab attention without overshadowing everybody in the scene. And that's on yeah. her acting. And that's probably writing base too. Yes. But like was the standout. All four of them were phenomenal, but when I tell you I left that theater being like, I need to see her on SNL. I need to see her on fucking Only Murders. I want to see her on everything. Like, was funny, but also did heart in a way that was different than Ashley's. Yeah, because she leads with a different kind of pain than yeah. Ashley does. And that, I think, we'll get into the writing, and I think that, like, it's so obvious that, like, they lead with such a different type of, like, kind of trauma. Yeah. You oh know? my gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because... Because Sherry Cola's character is leading so much with, like, this guilt of not carrying the traditionalism of, of what yeah. her family built and everything. And being such a standout and being so... because well, her art is... So sexual. Yeah, sexual, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. You know what? I never... I didn't... I didn't think about that. But that's true. Like... And all four it's of them were different intention. And And that's the thing. They all had such different intentions. Oh, okay, we can keep so going. So but now, yeah, yeah. so what? So Sherry Cola as an actress, put a little cherry on top of it for me. The next, just I, I, I can't wait to see more. I know, yeah, it, and I'm pretty sure she's a stand-up comedian, and I'm absolutely gonna be looking up her shit. Hundred like percent. Sure. All right, so we're doing order of so, appearance. That's Sabri a new rule. So Sabrina Wu, yeah, dead eye, dead eye. So there was a moment. By the way, if you go to a movie with me and Alex, and you're in the theater with us. Expect us to fully engage ourselves. Laughing, ooing, being shocked. You, me, and Faith were the perfect people. Oh my, so, yeah, Faith there. is one of my old co-workers, um, and she's just a phenomenal person to see it with. But 
there was a scene with Deadeye when they're like, why do we call her Deadeye? And we all knew it was coming. <laughs> but when it happened, we I, I fully screamed. And the guy next to Alex was like, oh, it's so funny. And I was like, all right, like, get out. But Deadeye in particular, as an actress. So, uh, they, so yeah, they're, they are just like. Okay, so real quick. Yes. Um, there's a trope, probably in a lot of comedies, where there's one character that's odd, right? Different. It's the throwaway, usually physical comedy. It's the throwaway, like, awkward comedy. And I couldn't give you a list now, but I could probably give you a list of characters that do that. When I tell you Deadeye, the, the actor, they were so invested in who this character was that it sold everything. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say this really quick and then you can dive in. There's a moment when one of the characters is overwhelmed by a particular living animal. Oh, yeah. And says, I wish these, I wish they would be quiet. And this character within two seconds snapped the neck of this animal. So let's just talk about I can watch anybody on screen die. I love horror movies, scream. I can watch people be stabbed. I can't fuck with animals dying. But when this animal... That's so true! This, you were this, not disturbed at all by it! <laughs> when this animal dies... This, hold on. This man... This man will not watch the newest Guardians yet because he knows how many mm. animals die in it. But when Jeez. I tell you he was fucking keeled over by this fucking I animal having its neck snapped... Which is a testament to the acting, Right. Directing was, and writing. All of it. All of it. All of it. it it's, so it, it's the testament to, um, what's the name of the actor? Sabrina Wu. Like, the, so it's all four, but like, the dedication to this character being not one-dimensional weird, but also just like, it's, I'm a it's, fucking weirdo, and I love Deadeye. We don't have to code weirdo. It's fucking autism, baby. It's autism, It's baby. autism, it's relatable. Baby. Like, say, like, it's same. So yeah. It, I was fully on board and invested with yeah. this character. A hundred percent. They were just... It could have been so simple. It could have been... But like... And then there were That's heartbreaking what I mean. moments. one dimensional. And there were heartbreaking moments. Because there's the moment when they're ordering the boba tea for everybody. Or not the boba tea. Um, The... Yeah. The boba like drinks in Korea. Yeah. Right? And like they come out. And like they hear what's going on. No. No, no. 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 They say to the... They say to the... This is for my best friends. I... Oh my god. I know. It's so... <laughs> They're not being best friends outside. Well, some gnarly shit's happening. Yes, but... It was. Yeah, right. Well, also that, like, Deadeye was struggling with, like... They were meeting internet friends. And, and I'm somebody who's naturally an introvert. And I have a good amount of internet friends back in the day. When I was, you know, younger. And there's people that lived their life that way. But they often thought that they didn't fit in. Yep. And there was a point in the movie where they were like... I don't have those friends. They're not real friends. But they are. And they show up. They sure and do. And they give out. A big old faggot. Shut up for them. Can say that word? <laughs> faggot. Stop. They say it on Will and Grace all the time. Okay. Faggot. I mean, I'm cool with it. But I just don't want to be canceled. <laughs> I mean, not personally canceled. I mean, like, our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dedication. Yeah. Once again. But last but not least. Oh, Stephanie Shue. Okay, so real quick, I didn't expect her character to be... I don't. She's not the outlier, but she's the other in the sense of, like, the three of them are coming from America, blah, 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 she, and she understands, like... The character understands China and where well, she's at. Well, and it's so interesting. Well, hold on. But it worked. Like, Stephanie made a, probably an unlikable character so severely likable. Oh, my God, I know, and she's so good. And it's, like, because it's... And here's... here. I'm going to say this now. I have been so bothered by all the reviews that have pinned this against Bridesmaids, Girls Trip, whatever. Yeah. Because all of these characters, each of them represent all four plus of, like, the characters that are in all those two movies and others. Yeah. Like, because... Stephanie's character represents, like, the... up. Is there... No, it's not Rose Byrne. Is it? Who's in Bridesmaids? <laughs> the rich one? That yeah. Like, You're so cute. Rose Byrne? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she represents the Rose Byrne character who kind of has her nose upturned to everybody. 
but also represents the Melissa McCarthy character because she has a fucking cocaine balloon shoved up her ass. Like, oh, yeah. And represents the, um, um, oh my God, um, McLennan Covey. Fuck it, what's her first Wendy? name? Wendy? Wendy McLennan Covey. Yeah. Read on Character for being so horny all the fucking time. Like, and that's the thing with all yeah. of them and why I hate those reviews. None but of these, none of these four women fit, fit stereotypes. One, no. Like, yeah, they're all. None of them are siloed. And it's like, with well, Stephanie, they're, they're sold that way, but then when you watch the movie, it's, they're all, like, multi-dimensional. So complex, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, with Stephanie's, yeah, like, A, I was so ready for her to be on screen. The whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, when do we get Stephanie? When do we get Stephanie? When yeah, this Stephanie? <laughs> And, like, A, it's so brilliant because I feel like it worked with her character in the film being, like, a, like, successful screen actress. It just, like, plays into where yeah. she's at in her moment right now. Yeah. And then, man, the way she just adds in so many nuances with just the shit she does with her face. Oh, she's a phenomenal... So, I'm a really big fan of, like, small choices based on, like, body language. Yeah. Because most of our communication is done through body language. Her... I don't, and I can't, I'm, I'm probably doing it wrong, but she does like a, like a side eye yeah. thing. Like, like and a, having, cause like. A smirk. It's a smirk. So she's, she's good friends with Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. Who we love. We love. And she was, I think, ooh, I don't know if she was on the podcast, but like they, they, they went to NYU with her. Okay. And like are friends with her. And so, obviously, within the past year, have talked up her, her praises and everything. And then, but talked about how her role in Everything Everywhere was perfect because Stephanie Hsu is just the ultimate, like, fucking horny fucking clown Cl at all times as a person. Clown in the best way possible. Yeah, and, like, it, it's like she is that in Everything Everywhere. And then she's that in Joyride, but, like, in such a different way. Yeah. And it was so brilliant, and, man... So oh good. Oh, my God. Like, all four did their jobs, they got their checks, and they deserved every fucking accolade possible. And more. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. All right. So, let's talk about writing. Man, okay. The fucking writing of this film. So... Unstoppable, this writing. So, we got Cherry Cheva and Teresa Shao. Cherry was an EP and a writer on Family Guy. Teresa was also a writer on Family Guy, a co-creator and EP for Aquafina is Nora from Queens. So they've got, with Family Guy, they've got that like raunchy bullshit in their veins, clearly. Right, yeah. You know, but Family Guy's also been a super intelligent kind of raunch, right? Oh, I fucking, I am so, I, I am an unashamed mega fan of family guy like i will say that right <laughs> fucking now i can't watch adult cartoons for he doesn't like the innocence in me is like you can't monkey yeah up this he doesn't art. he doesn't he doesn't like the adult cartoons but like but, i fucking love family but guy i will say family guy is an elevated humor they're really smart about it's it's social it's political it's all yeah. of it um the writing of this movie so i want to know how much was writing how much was improv how much was set up right so like the vagina when when, when the vagina tattoo scene was it, hey, just list off a bunch of stuff about, like... And I want to know, because if it's... If they let them improv, it's such a testament to the the writing. You want to know who to, who to give the flowers to, basically. Well, no, what I mean by... No, no, what I mean by that is, like... So, writing... When, when people improv, your story has to be solid. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. improv can go off the rails. So, it's a testament to them. I just want to know how much was writing, how much was improv. Yeah. But, like, the writing was... So, where... No feelings lacked. Joyride thrived more than made up. So for, yeah, yeah. in the emotional moments, I was fully invested. I was giggling. I was um, wanting to see the outcome. It didn't take away from the film. Um, these also, I also want to say, these writers in particular understood all four of these girls, all all of their storylines, their intention, and they they all had a very unique intention. So it made the story so I will say and I'm somebody who like loves the when the climax hits on when I was a kid when the climax hit, I would restart the movie cuz I don't want to see the resolution right. and that's when the when the, the, the emotional stuff happens. When this happened, I was fully invested 
And that's a t and it's 50-50. It's actually not 50-50. It's three ways. It's writing, directing, acting. It was, everybody was... Well, let's talk about with the writing. Because they set it up where you know what the big twist is going to be. Because Ashley Park's character is... If she lands this deal in Shanghai, she's going to get this big promotion and have to move to L.A. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is, she knows she might be going to L.A., but her bestie doesn't know. Yeah. So in our heads, we know, and for me, and I'm sure you did too, you knew that like that was going to be the big thing. They're going to have the bestie fallout because Sherry Cole's character is going to find out that Ashley Park's character was supposed to go to L.A. and move, yeah. but didn't know because she didn't tell her. However... They threw in, like, three subplots beforehand that were so, like, yeah. grappling and interesting that, like, you completely forgot about it. So it surprised you. It did. And here's where I love the writing and directing. As soon as the movie started, they're like, Ashley Park's character was adopted from China. I'm like, Ashley Park is Korean. What the fuck? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, okay. Oh, are you going to give it away? Maybe a little bit. Spoiler alert! You have three seconds to tune off if you don't want to get it spoiled. Tune off! Three, two, one. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so. Ashley Park's. Yeah, Korean. She's, yeah. She's adopted from China. And in my head, I'm like, Ashley Park is Korean. Interesting, but like, whatever. And then they sell it off so well because the big, one of the big twists of the movie. Is, you know, they go to China to land this deal. And then the side plot is, like, Sherry Cola's character is, like, let's find your birth mom. Yeah. And they go to the agency and everything. And she's, like, oh, your mom came here for refugee from Korea to deliver you. Well, what it and did. She... Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. What it did was shatter the illusion of their friendship. What I mean by that was, like. They were friends because they were the only two Asian girls. Right. Only yeah. two Chinese girls. And what it did was made Sherry Cole's character and Ashley Park's character to like. It's it does so many levels image. of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, totally. And it because not they only had to grapple with not that. only is Ashley Park's character having a whole identity crisis of like, I thought Being I've adopted. been Chinese. Well, she, well, she already... Well, no, it's, it's being adopted in minutes. And she's like, I'm Chinese. And then all of a sudden, they're telling her, she's like, bitch, you're so Korean. And then... Culturally, it, she's not like And that's so interesting. What yeah. you bring up is that that was kind of the thing that was holding her and Sherry Cole's character together, where now that's gone. Because, yeah, like... The writing was... Essentially, the writing was insane. Fucking brilliant. And so that being thrown in completely like fucked up my mind because I'm like, A, they fixed the major error that I was noticing from the beginning and then also just added in this incredible like, subplot yeah. where now they have to go to fucking Korea with no passports because of Meredith, this fucking bitch on the train. And <laughs> Which, and so, well, so now we'll talk about directing. Well, hold on. So... Uh -huh. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, hurry up so they do that with Ash's character and like, even like, you know, with Sabrina Wu's character with that eye, they gave so much depth to it. And like, it could have been, they could have written it that nobody showed up, but then they decided to write in that entire K-pop scene, which by the way, we'll talk about directing actually with, um, Two Broadway singers being able to perform their fucking asses off. Um, yeah, so and that's... And so with, with writing, it's just the whole thing where, like, when it comes to all these comparisons to the other female raunch comedies, I'm like, these characters... If I, like, look... If I watch... <laughs> if I... While I was watching the movie, I'm thinking about, like, the, 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 bl the blueprints. Like, you know, Bridesmaids, Girls Trip... I'm like, all of these girls encompass every single one of those characters. Yeah. Within those it's, other movies. It's, it's in the same ball, like, ball field as those two films. Because it's women showing up and, like, being funny. And, yeah. But at the same time, it's so And the way I told you them. was, every single one of them had their Melissa McCarthy moment. Yeah. Is the big thing. Yeah. You know, like... 
everyone was fearless. Everyone was fearless, by the way. Mean Girls song that Ashley Park has a standout <laughs> choreography solo in. Um, they were all so showcased. Yeah. In their comedy that it's so, it is so belittling to compare it to those movies. Agreed. Right? Alright, so do directing. Yes. Just great. I mean, there's it's everything I'd say about writing. Also, by the way, this movie with directing, this movie was fucking gorgeous. Yeah, you know what? Cinematography wise, yeah, like the like the like, escape shots. Like I was gonna say the the the, the way they used the uh, landscape and how they framed people. It was yeah. But directing was up there with just like you could tell that people trusted what they were doing. Yes. Actors trust the writing, writing trust director, director trust actor. It so, was full. It was full. Let me just talk about Adele. So this is a director. Adele Dazeem. <laughs> Adele Lim. So kind of close. Well, you remember Adele That's Yes, of course. Okay, of course. okay. And it's funny because it's kind of close. But Adele Lim, directorial debut. Well, really? With Joyride. She was a writer for Crazy Rich Asians and right. Raya and the Last Dragon. You know what? That's an unsung Disney movie so i'm totally irritated with i'm um, just real quick sidebar i'm totally irritated with disney because as we love nostalgia and don't get me wrong i love all my old princesses but like raya did something that was so cool but it doesn't get the respect that i'm really irritated about it was a great movie yeah so knowing that she did it makes me like right yeah it, writer like, she she's a writer and like this whole thing is being sold it's her directorial which debut which also makes sense because the heart in that movie too so was. fucking good good like top notch amazing just... directorial debut great choices and I think one of her biggest successes was having a cast that was willing to do anything and a writing team oh all four and a writing yeah, team totally. a writing team that was able to give Something that was, like, probably one of the easiest things to work on. And having writers that weren't afraid to go there. You yeah. have two motherfuckers that were writing on Family Guy. Yeah. Talk about people who aren't afraid to go there. Literally, yeah. Literally a whole scene dedicated to Stephanie Shu's character having a cocaine balloon blowing up in her, her ass. And, her and making her so horny that her labia is just throbbing. And she breaks up Hova's floor. Like, 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 just, I, I was nonstop giggling this, or howling. I was screaming. Like, I wasn't silent the majority of this film. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Fa. And then again, Phenom you have the pinnacle moment, which we won't spoil, with Ashley Park's character. A, with her ability to commit to the dramatics. Yep. And the tears that you know are real. And then also just the way they executed that. Because it's like, the way that whole thing happens, and you know what I'm talking about, with the cemetery. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that whole thing could be, like, so belittled and, like, shortcut and, that and, they and touch on it for, exhausting. like, they touch on it for 30 seconds in, like, any other movie. Well, and, but the, here, they give it an entire, like, 10 minutes of just, like, gut-wrenching... The emotional moments in the movie did not belittle the humor and vice versa. The humor yeah. And so they played really well yep. off each other. Yep. So what about the, so what's all about the curb appeal of this movie? I think everybody. It, it like, anybody. You're going to laugh. I don't care who you are. Oh you're going to fucking laugh. God. Go there with like, just to have a fucking like good time, but also check yourself at moments. and Yeah, like, totally. Understand that like this movie in particular is made... To teach and to um, start a conversation at the same time. It was the best. So one another piece of art that does this is Pen15. It, 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 it uses humor to shed light on things that are probably hard to discuss or going on in society, but also making it palatable for everybody to totally. chew on. Mm -hmm. So I think they did a great job. It... Honestly, I'd even I would take any of my nieces and nephews to see it too. Yeah, like even like the sex scenes were pretty fucking. Um, I don't want to say like viewer friendly, but like they were fucking sex. Don't get me wrong, people were coming. But um, I want to know whose pussy we saw. I'm sure it wasn't Stephanie's shoes. If it was, fucking, you see the way the, the, the pussy tattoo. Um, 
Um, all right, so what award? Well, so awards. I think it might get an Academy Award for best, like at least screenplay. Man, I that's my high hope. I no. don't think it would really. But because Bridesmaids got it right. Yes, original screenplay. It got uh, Academy Awards by all. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy and original screenplay. So I think it could get that. I think it could. I think it should from That's what we've seen so far this year. Yeah. Um, but like Golden Globe wise, you know, like I think Ashley Park should be in there. All four of them should be. I know. What's hard about Golden Globes is though, with leads, they split it into musical comedy and yeah. drama, but supporting is only one category. Yeah. Yeah. So likely Stephanie and Sabrina wouldn't see anything. Um, Ashley could get it though. I think so Ashley could definitely get a Golden Globe now. I'm gonna give the award the for the Wet My Pants Award. Really? Hey, okay. What okay. I mean by that was like there was a moment where I had to pee so bad I didn't want to leave the movie that like there was a scene that happened that I had to look at my friend Faith and say, I almost just pissed my pants. I have to go to the bathroom right now. And this is how I know I'm at a very good movie because, like I said during No Hard Feelings, I have an awful bladder. I did not notice how bad I had to pee until we left the theater because I was so invested in every millisecond of this fucking movie yeah. that I didn't care how bad I had to be until we left. Yeah. I'm wild on this pee, so yeah. that's why I was like, I gotta go. All right. So what was I your, would give what this... Your... I would love them... Sorry, talk about awards, like a SAG Ensemble. Oh, yeah. That'd be they great. would be so... They're not going to get it, but they would be so worthy 100%. of like a SAG Ensemble award. Remember, what's your um, table flip moment? Your favorite moment of the film? Definitely the the K-pop like music video scene in the, in the in <coughs> yeah the that was or or no, or with the no. cocaine with the cocaine balloons. I, I, you had to pick one. Ooh, the the K-pop music video, phenomenal. So like mine too was like the them was um. Her talking about the vagina tattoo was so funny, but I think it might be that because I think character based it was just so unbelievably funny. How just oh, and then also sorry with directing and writing, but we can't go all the way back to that. No, but like Ashley, knowing that Ashley and Stephanie are Broadway trained performers. Giving them their opportunities to sing and perform. Yeah, it is. So we gotta wrap up. Anyway, uh, percentage. We got do a Three, percentage. Two, one, ninety-nine. Oh, I took one away. Oh, I'm not gonna tell you why. It's 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 top A's. It's worth yeah. it. It's worth every yeah. second. Yeah. Um, High A, 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 a beyond four GPA grade. Our friend is here, so we gotta go. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know he was going Great movie, go see it. Go fucking see Joyride. We love you so much. Stay tuned. We've got plenty coming up. Bye! Bye.